Hey, welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and it is a great joy to be here with you, to be a part of what God continues to do in and through us, His church. And, and if you're new here, I just wanted to say you're welcome here. We're excited that you are joining us. We would love to invite you to come along with us to, to grow in our relationship together because we recognize that we don't have it all together, uh, but we know the one who does, and that's Jesus Christ. And, and we want to be more like Jesus. We want to live in the way that Jesus calls us to. We want to love others in the way that Jesus calls us to. We want to be active participants in the building of of God's kingdom. That's actually what we've been talking about for the last uh, few weeks. We've been talking about this concept of the kingdom of God. And, and the reason we're doing it is we're partnering with our kiddos that are about to kick off Vacation Bible School. So if you haven't registered yet, uh, you need to get that done. Vacation Bible School is the 26th through the 29th from 6 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Uh, this, uh, this month, so July. Uh, but it's the end of this month we're going to be coming together uh, for Vacation Bible School. So if your kiddos haven't registered, get them registered. They're going to be taking a journey on the, with the Knights of North Castle. The Knights of North Castle is just this opportunity for them to understand the story of God, who God is, what God is calling them to be, and how God's story is a part of their story. And they are, in turn, a part of God's story. And so we wanted to partner with them to learn about God's kingdom right here and right now, to learn about our place in God's kingdom, to draw nearer to God so that we can be more like Jesus. We've been looking at that in four different ways. We've been looking at that through the power of God. That was week one. We talked about we need to recognize that God is the one that's in control, that it is his rule and his reign, and we need to submit our lives over to God. And then we talked last week about the people of God, that we are God's people and and God doesn't invite us just to be inhabitants of his kingdom. God invites us to be a part of his family, to be, to be adopted into the family of God, to be co-heirs with Christ of, of all that God is doing in and through us. And this week, we're going to talk about the place of God. Where, where is the kingdom of God and what does that mean? And next week, we're going to take a look at the purpose of of God's kingdom. And so all of those things are what we're going to be taking a look at, and it's going to be our opportunity to recognize that God's kingdom is not some crazy distant thing, but is something that is right here available for each and every one of us. When I was growing up, I had this, uh, I, I lived in a, a really just a, uh, a, a neighborhood outside of Houston, Texas. Uh, and it wasn't very far outside of Houston, Texas. So it's a, it's a pretty, uh, pretty grown up place. But at the end of my road was about a two acre lot that had been not kept. It was, you know, high grass and uh, some trees had grown up in there. And for me and my buddies, there were about eight kids, eight boys that lived on the same street. Um, and for me and my buddies, that was the woods. We would go out there and there was in the middle, I don't know how this happened, but in the middle of, of this open area was like this huge chunk of concrete. It was like a patio of concrete uh, in the middle of this field. And, and that became quickly our fort. 
That was where we would go and hang out, and, and uh, around it were, were dewberry bushes, so uh, dewberry bushes just grew wild in the area, and so we could forage for food. We were really in the woods when we, when we went out to our fort. Well, a few years later, uh, my, my dad was invited to go to this company picnic, and they went to a, a state park in Texas, and, and you know, I, I'm... I'm I go everywhere they do. I'm a child at that point in time. So I, I go with my mom and dad, and, and the state park kind of blew my mind because uh, no longer were we looking at, at, at a little open field. Instead, we were seeing these massive trees, uh, this, this open forested area uh, around Houston, this state park, um, had these huge Texas pine trees, and you would look up into the, into the tops of the trees, and, and it was just so high that it would boggle your mind. And, and for me, uh, growing up with that field, thinking that that was, that was the woods, when I actually got someplace where there was some true foresting going on, where there were real trees, uh, I realized that my, my perception of what the woods truly were uh, was, was limited. I didn't have a real, a real view. And I've learned since then that, that even in state parks, uh, that that's not truly a, 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 an area of forest. That that's the woods, yes, but it's not truly the forest. And, and we've got vast areas of forest here in the United States and all over the world that we can go to. And when we get there, I mean, you can get lost and, and for days in, in the woods out there. And, and so it's just so much bigger, so much more uh, than, than a little field with a concrete block in the middle of it that I initially thought. And maybe, maybe you haven't had that experience, but, but my guess is you've experienced a perception change on the reality of the world as you grew up as well. Maybe it was, uh, you know, you had a lake near your house and, and one day you went to the ocean and you recognized just how vast it was. Maybe you went on a cruise and, and were surrounded all the way around by only water and, and the perception you had of, of, of how big and how vast the ocean was or how big and how vast the world was truly shifted. And, and, and that's my hope for this message today is that we can have our perception shifted because a lot of times when we think about the kingdom of God, we think about uh, heaven coming. In the future, there is something that's going to happen. Or, or it's this distant place because God lives in heaven. And, and, and one of these days, we may go and, and be a part of that. Um, or maybe we ask questions like, where, where is God's kingdom? How can I live in God's kingdom here and now the way that you keep saying? And, and what does that really mean? And I just want us to recognize this. God's kingdom is not some distant place like heaven uh, in some future time. God's kingdom is not distant at all. God's kingdom is present right here and right now. And my hope with this whole series and my hope specifically today is that we can shift our perception of a distant God to recognizing that God is doing something right here and right now in our lives. And in that, we can embrace the kingdom of God and we can be a part of it. 
God began in the Garden of Eden, right? We, we talked about this on week one, that God created the heavens and the earth and then created a place, a specific place where God and humanity would dwell together, that they would live together in this perfect area. And, and, and what happened is uh, there, was, there was some breaking of covenant, right? The, the, the man and woman chose to break their relationship with God. And so God had to remove them from the garden. So the place of the kingdom of God went from this garden, this, this close-up personal relationship, to a distant relationship because of the actions of Adam and Eve in the garden, because of our continued actions as humanity breaking over and over the relationship that God has in mind for us. And so I wanted to give us that picture of the garden and, and just take a quick look at what it looks like when, when God and man dwell together in that garden. In Genesis, it said this, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden at the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. God had created this place where humanity and God himself could dwell. And God was walking through the garden in person, cruising through the garden in the presence of Adam and Eve, looking for them. Now, they had already eaten from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and so they were hiding. But I just love this picture of God strolling through the garden in the cool of the day or, or, and, and, and this opportunity that, that the man and the woman had to just go and be present with God, to be in God's presence at all times in this garden that God had created. Now, because of their actions, God removed them from the garden, and, and, and they found themselves at a distance. No longer was God walking through the neighborhood that they lived in in the cool of the day, but instead, God was distant from them because they had broken relationship. Not because God had chosen it, but because they had chosen to move away from God. And so now we have this idea of kingdom being distant, that, that, that God is a distant God, and, and the people really understood and believed that. As a matter of fact, when, when Moses was calling, called by God on the top of a mountain, Moses believed that God dwelled on that mountain alone. And so Moses goes and do, does all the things that God called him to, to liberate the children of Israel that were in slavery in Egypt and bring them back to that mountain uh, so that they could be introduced and be present with the God who now dwelled not at a distance, but on top of this mountain. It says this in Exodus, then Moses went up to God and the Lord called to him from the mountain. So Moses climbed this mountain and, and, and God was present at the top of the mountain. And when we read about the, 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 this imagery in, in Exodus, you know, there's, there's lightning and thunder and God moved to the top of the mountain in power and, and, and it was covered in a cloud and the people were afraid because of God's presence on the mountain. And then God decided that that was still too distant. 
God needs, God desired to move even closer. So he told Moses and the Israelites, hey, I want you to build me a tabernacle, a tent that is portable, that, that we can use while we travel through the wilderness, while I forge you into uh, my community, and I will live in that tent. And so they built a tent of meeting, the tabernacle, so that God could have a place in the middle of their community. It says this in, uh, in Exodus still, then the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled, filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled on it and the glory of the Lord had filled the tabernacle. God moved from a distant God to the Israelites to a God who lived in the middle of their community while they were moving around. Now, we fast forward to the literal kingdom of Israel where they have appointed a king and, and David wanted to build God a temple, but God said, no, that's for your son to do. And so Solomon builds this temple for God to move into in the city that God has chosen called Jerusalem. And so they, they build this beautiful temple and, and, and Solomon prays that God would come and inhabit the temple. And the Lord responds to him in this way. The Lord said to him, I have heard the prayer and plea you have made before me. I have consecrated this temple, which you have built by putting my name there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. God moves now not just from a tent or a mountaintop or distant to the temple of God, where the people of God can come into the presence of God. And the temple was set up in the same manner as the tent of meeting, where there was a separate place for the holy of holies, the place where they believed God lived in, in the temple. And it was separated by this massive curtain. And, and, and the people believed so strongly that God dwelled only in the temple, that when they had turned away from God yet again and were, were carted off into exile by the Babylonians, that they thought they couldn't have communion, be in, in conversation or be with God because God was distant to them. And, and God gave a vision to a man named Ezekiel that, that Ezekiel could see that even by the shores of the river of Babylon, God was there with his people. And so God begins to shift the mindset of the kingdom, the place of the kingdom from Jerusalem to the place where the people of God are. And God wants us to get that because that's key for our understanding even today. And, and, and then God wanted also, because he's not done yet, wants to draw even nearer to his people. And so what does God do? God decides that in order for my people to truly know what it is to be a part of my kingdom, to dwell in the place of God, I will become one of them. And so God 
decides to send Jesus into our world so that God himself can take on flesh, so that God can be a part of our community. I love the way the message says this in John's gospel. It says this, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. God has decided to come and no longer dwell in the temple, but I'm going to walk around among you. I'm going to be with you physically so that you can see what I'm doing, so that you can hear what I'm saying, so that you can live like I'm modeling. And and this is the gift that we received in Jesus Christ. And and what's crazy is when Jesus went through his death and and resurrection, when when he was crucified, one of the things that we talk about is how the tent, the, the, the curtain in the temple was torn in two. Now here's, here's the imagery that, that the, the gospel writers and God himself wants us to understand. Before, when, when you would go into the temple of God, you would go into the, the main area of the temple. Well, we wouldn't go in there because it was only for the high priest. You would go into the main area of the temple and you couldn't go into the Holy of Holies except for once a year. And when you would go into the Holy of Holies, they would tie a rope around your ankle in case you did something that made God mad and he struck you down. They could pull you out without going into the Holy of Holies. Now that area was separated by a massive curtain. And when Jesus, when Jesus died on the cross, it tells us that that curtain was torn in two. And the imagery that God wants us to get is this. No longer is there a separation between God and his people. We don't have to have an intermediary go to God on our behalf. No, Jesus is now our intermediary, our great high priest, and he has opened the way for us to have relationship with God. And Jesus said this when he came back, uh, and one time after his resurrection, he was with his disciples. He wanted them to know, hey, I told you I was going to go away and that God would send you a helper. Well, I want you to get ready for that because that's about to happen. In the book of Acts, it says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Wait for the gift that my father promised. And you've heard me speak about it. I'm sending to you something that is going to change everything, something that is going to change your perception of the place of the kingdom of God. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit where God and man can dwell together again. As it was in the garden, it will be so again. And so on the day of Pentecost, uh, we read this, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. They were in the upper room in Jerusalem waiting, as Jesus had told them, for the gift of the Spirit. Suddenly, a sound like the wind, like the blowing of a violent wind, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak to one another in tongues as the Spirit had enabled them. 
God changed everything in that moment. Because what God has been doing over the course of, of time since we left the garden is reducing the distance between us and Him. The kingdom of God is not a distant place because God has brought it near to us. The kingdom of God is not only in Israel in the temple or in the tent. Now the kingdom of God is where the people of God are. The place of the kingdom of God is now in the hearts of those who believe. The place of the kingdom of God is now in the hearts of us who choose to faithfully believe and, and live in that kingdom. That means that the kingdom is not this distant place. The kingdom is right here, right now, because God has opened the kingdom to us. So if the kingdom of God truly is the place where heaven and earth meet under the rule and reign of God, then our hearts now are the location of the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God is everywhere a single believer is. Everywhere one person who is faithfully following the king of heaven is, that is where the kingdom is. The kingdom is not someplace we're waiting to come and, and, and be a part of. The kingdom is something that we get to be a part of right now. Jesus ushered the kingdom in and made the kingdom available to us in a way that no one had ever imagined that we together with God are the people of God dwelling in the place of God wherever we go. We are not distant from God in any moment in time because God is continually with us. Once again, the distance is reduced. God walks nearer and nearer to his people so that we can be the people that he wants us to be, so that we can live like he wants us to, so that we can have the relationship that God desires for us to have, so that we can do the things that God wants us to do. God's kingdom is where the faithful followers of God are doing the will and the work of our Father. That's where God's kingdom is. That's how we are known by others. Jesus said, you'll be known by your love because we love people where they are and we are willing to go to where they are to share the good news of Jesus Christ. I mean, being a follower of God, being in the kingdom of God can be working at a soup kitchen. It can be over at, at least of these. It can be at care to learn. It can be serving a community uh, that, that is in need. Being a part of the kingdom of God can, can be part of your family where you are acting as an intermediary between two of your family members that aren't getting along. Being a part of the kingdom of God is sharing love and grace at a grocery store. Being part of a kingdom of God is knowing that although somebody cut you off in the car, uh, and I'm talking mostly to myself here, that we, we need to offer grace and forgiveness. And so my hope is that in this, in this series, that we recognize that, that it's not so much us drawing near to God, but God drawing near to us. That God has been moving the kingdom from a place of distance to a place of nearness, that we are all a part of God's kingdom. And we need to awaken to the truth that you are currently in this moment in God's kingdom, 
that God has called out to you and is continuing to call out to you, desires relationship with you so that you can come to life in the kingdom of God and you can take part in God's kingdom building activity. This is the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, and God offers you that hope today. So whether you grew up in the church knowing all of this, or or whether you have been distant from God, right now, in this moment, you can choose to be a part of God's kingdom. You can allow the place of God's kingdom to be within you. And, And really, the question is this, what would your life look like if you, if you lived into this promise? What would your life look like if you really understood and you took to heart, pun intended, if you took to heart that God wanted to dwell within you, would your life look different than it ever has before. Knowing that God is always present with you, will you treat people differently than you have before? Knowing that God is always with you, will you love people more radically than you ever have before? Knowing that God is with you, will you treat yourself better than you ever have before? My hope is that in the understanding of God's presence within us, the, the people of God can come to life doing the will and the work of the Father so that we can make a difference right here and right now for the kingdom of God, now and forever. Let's pray. Gracious and almighty God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for the gift that you have given us of your son Jesus and the kingdom movement that Christ ushers in. We thank you for your Holy Spirit within us, that we can come to life in Jesus Christ, that the place of the kingdom of God is not distant, but now is within us because of your Spirit's presence within us. Make us more like Jesus in this moment. Make us one with Christ so that we can be a representative for Christ in the world. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ and all of us agreed and said, amen.